Hey, everyone. Welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. And welcome to the first week of February. Holy crap. <laughs> um, I definitely said, what was it, a couple weeks ago that January just doesn't count and February is going to be like the start of the new year. Um, January is the practice month. Definitely practice month. Although I started the first of February, just stuffing my face with everything I could possibly find. So we're doing great for my restart. <laughs> oh man. How was your weekend? What did I do this weekend? It was good. Oh, Gavin had baseball tryouts on Saturday. So I missed going with you. Mm, that's right. I did. Yeah. Catch. Gavin had uh, baseball tryouts and then we just watched football on Sunday, but nice. I missed getting to go with you to cats contest yes. therapy. So I want to hear about that. All right. So, um, just so I don't know if anybody's listened to the episode with Kat or Caitlin, excuse me. And Caitlin explains how she does this thing called contrast therapy, where she does 15 minutes in a sauna, three mm. minutes in water, 15 minutes in a sauna and three minutes in water. And it's not just normal water. It's like ice cold water. So, yeah, um, <laughs> for my year of yes, here I am. I decided to go. And honestly, wasn't as bad as I would I thought. Um, I made it through the full three minutes the first time, and then getting mm-hmm. into that sauna was like glorious. Like my like I felt, I felt amazing. Um, the second time doing the 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 cold plunge or the dunk or whatever, I was over it after like two minutes and like two minutes and a half. So I was like, all right, I'm good. Um, and then back in the sauna just kind of to dry off. Um, and then I took our class. So. As everybody knows, I'm good friends with her and I shamelessly have not taken her class. <laughs> so I um, so I uh, did her class finally. And one of the things that she mentions in her um, episode with us or our interview with us is the shaking part. Yes. My body legitimately shook like my hips is almost like my legs are moving up and down like a butterfly. Like it was really weird. And when I was done with the class, she was like, you shook so much. And I was like, I did not expect that. <laughs> so it so was, how did uh, you feel after then, like with all of like the, the contrast therapy and then like doing the class to walk you through like mm-hmm. the shaking part of it. How did you feel after the class? So I knew that I had to get home because we had the interview with Danielle. Um, so I wasn't in the, completely relaxed state that I would have allowed myself to do but I will tell you I was like ready to take a nap like I text her like a couple hours later and I'm like all I want to do nap. she's like yes your nervous system was rocked today and that's why your body's trying to prepare but we had interviewed Danielle and then we had dinner plans I did sleep like a baby that night I was wondering because you had said when we were out to dinner that you were wondering if dinner after was a good idea because of that reason that you Mm -hmm. didn't know because she had mentioned when she was on our podcast that when she does it she sleeps really well Mm -hmm. and so I was wondering about that because you mentioned that you didn't know if you would have the benefit of that so that's awesome yeah definitely something that for some people who don't know I have like terrible sleeping habits so um, (laughs) so I'm definitely um going to try it again for sure well, next time you go, I definitely want to go. I just, with football and baseball and I know all the things I need to figure out when I can go. Cause I really want to do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, so we'll good. definitely do it. So, yeah, did so this you, week we have, oh, sorry. Oh, I had a question for you. I was like, did you tally your apologies last week? Cause that was like our whole 
exercise. (laughs) (laughs) I stopped counting after a while because it was becoming just ridiculous. So it wasn't so much in my daily speaking, but anytime I would send a work email, I would start it with, I'm sorry for the delayed response, or I'm sorry, something, or in response to something they said, and I would type it out and then I would read it back to myself and I would be like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> right. That's what I was trying to say. Like, I don't apology, apologize normally, but like in my work emails, I start my emails with apologies or I'm sorry. Um, sorry. But sorry. This took what me so long that? to respond. I don't know. <laughs> and I was saying in our episode that that is a clear sign of like a lack of confidence on our part because we're apologizing. So I took yeah. your advice and replaced it with, Hey, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Yeah. And I found myself to now I'm doing it without, without the second guess of it. Right. No, I, I, like I said, I stopped counting because I was like, this is ridiculous that every email. So I'm like, gosh, if I'm 37, I think I'm 37. How many I'm sorry, <laughs> emails have I sent over the course right. of my career life? Like millions. Right. That's what I told you. I checked my set and I was like, oh my God, I start like apologies all the time. So that was so an good. interesting exercise. I'm glad we, we did that. Um, I'm still definitely going to make sure that I'm aware of it. Oh, of course. Yeah. Now that it's brought to my attention, I can't not yeah, let it now happen. It's like, it's like every email I write, I read it. And now I'm like, I'm looking for, did I apologize anywhere? Because I didn't do anything to apologize for. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, all right. So next point of business. And then we can, you know, introduce everybody to Danielle and, and how great that conversation was. Um, I mean, I go into detail in the episode of, you know, who she is, but she is my younger sister, my not so little sister. Um, And she kind of schooled us on her journey to healing and finding herself um, while also making us laugh. (laughs) Oh, she, you know, I I re-listened after you edited it today and I was listening to it and I was just like, cause you know, you, you pick the clip, you know, you ask what clips do you want so I can, you know, clip them for Instagram and I don't know how many quotes I sent you, but I was like, oh, yeah, there's one. like oh, six of them. Oh, this one. I think this is the first episode we've done where I've had like a hundred quotes where I'm just like, wait, this one's good. This one's good. This <laughs> yeah, there's a like, lot. You're gonna of have them. to, yeah, you're gonna have to pick because I feel like she had such great information to give for somebody who not only was going through a divorce, but I feel like she was on this journey of like self-discovery and Mm self-love. And I don't even think she realized that she was on this journey of self-love until after we talked to her. Right. Like, I think, you know, it's, it's kind of amazing to see how all of this is coming to fruition because our thought was to create a platform to give you know, women a chance to tell their stories and kind of the common theme so far with different people that we've had on the show is how empowering it's been to tell their stories. Like my sister, I think realized like she understands that she was on a path of of self-discovery or self-healing, but knowing or saying out loud and all the steps that it took to do to, to get there is kind of like, oh my God, I did that. Like, yeah, here I was in these blood curdling moments. And if I were to look back a year from now, like this person sitting right here, I think she even says it. 
um, yeah. at some point. And I can't remember the exact quote, but something along the lines, like I, the woman that's standing here today, I'm so proud to be that woman. Oh, that was, yeah, I said, like, that. that's said, one of your quotes that yeah. you sent me. She, I'm so. so proud of this woman speaking to you today. And right. I just was like chills everywhere. Right. And it's also like, I think for me a little bit more, I'm getting chills too, because it's, it's, it's my sister. Right. So I'm so very much, so very proud of her. Um, she's like a legit Phoenix rising from the ashes. So it was, Well, you were on the emotional journey with her. Right. I mean, like, yeah, through her divorce. Oh God. Yeah. And it was hard because I was here and no matter, and just for reference, my sister lives in Connecticut. Um, in Austin, I'm originally from Connecticut. Uh, but how many times I try going home? She's like, no, don't come home. Don't come home. Yeah. Don't come home. Cause she 100% and, and she didn't really get into detail in the episode, but she 100% wanted to handle this on her own. She didn't. And, as she, much, did. and she did. And she had the support that she needed when she needed it, but this was on right. her terms. You know, so it she was, handled it so gracefully. Mm-hmm. I just listening to her, like, and I, you know, from the, the little bit that you gave over the course of the year, from when everything kind of started and then talking to her on Saturday, I'm just like thinking to myself, like, I don't know if I could be that mature Mm -hmm. and that graceful. And that just like, she, she welcomed this pain and turned it into something like, she's like, okay, this is happening. What did she say? This isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know many people who can take such a painful experience and truly feel that. Right. And she, I mean, her commenting of how quickly she wanted to heal and that she just needed to feel the journey, I think resonates with a lot of people because we are so quick to go, okay, I just want to be better. Right. I just want to be better. I don't want to have to do this work, but again, another powerful thing that she says is you have to do the work. You have to, you can't skip the steps. You have to do the work. Yeah. Um, And I also, one of the things she didn't mention, but you just said it was saying gracefully, that was my quote to her throughout the whole thing. Cause she would have these moments where she would get angry and she'd want to do something. And I'd like, go with grace, Danielle. Yes. Go with grace. Because at the end of this, the only person that has to deal with anything is you. Right. So go with grace. (laughs) That was a common theme. Yeah. It was a common theme between us because I didn't want her to get into a position where she'd be like, why did I do this? What did I, what was I trying to, um, what did I expect from it? Right. So anytime that she would talk me off the ledge right now, and I'd always start our conversations with, what do I say? Go with grace. How does this help you? That is such a good a good thing, especially going through a divorce, because you've got all of those feelings and all of those emotions and you want to say these things and you want to hurt the person who's hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I think but, that's the biggest thing is you want to hurt the person that's hurt. you. Yeah. But like, what comes of that? Like where, where would you be at the end of that? You would look like this, you know, crazy, emotional woman. And that's not who she is. No. So I just, when you go with, I remember you, you telling her go with grace and I just, she did it. She did. And she <laughs> and nailed she it. Did it so, like, <laughs> she, she did it so I gracefully. Don't I <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know if, if I could. Well, I think as women are natural, you know, sometimes our natural responses or reaction is to be somewhat spiteful in that sense. Right. right. And it's a lot to not be because you constantly get to this mindset of like, well, they did it to me or, right. you know, they, they deserve to feel what I feel. And one of the things that I tried to work with her, and I even do it with myself in some of the situations that I get put in, 
although I think I'm hurting the other person, at the end of the day, I'm hurting me. I'm hurting myself, my characteristic, what people are going to think of me if this were ever like, would this be something I wanted publicized? You know, that's right. kind of how I think what, how, if I read this in a newspaper, you know, Nicole Davis did so-and-so, how would I feel? Right. right. So I try to, I try to do that. And there are times, listen, I don't, I'm not always that, <laughs> that way. There are times where I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. And there were times where she had those moments too, but for her to be able to recognize it, and going, you know, this wasn't part of my journey that I wanted to, to focus on. And I, I quickly learned how to change those reactions. Yeah. And she, she really did it. Like, I'm just, I was really proud of her. I'm so proud of her. But yeah, I just, I it was, this was such a great conversation that we had with her. Um, I think we definitely need to have her back because there was a bunch of things that we didn't touch on. I know we were so like enthralled in her conversations of like how she did what she did that we forgot to talk about her life in dating and the yes, funny. Dating, yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I think we need to have like a bonus, a bonus episode yeah. um, with having her back. Right. And it just for like everybody that's listening is after we had hung up our call, we continued to talk with her and she just every week she updates me with her different messages she receives from <laughs> different men on, uh, you know, all the different dating apps and Heather was privy to that. So um, we kind of want to turn it into like a bonus up, maybe even a series if you guys enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to get her to make TikTok videos about it because I think it would be fucking hilarious. So. I can't. <laughs> the things that she, sh- and I'm not going to say any of the stories because she's got to share them. Right. We got to, we definitely got to do a bonus episode with her. So look but for that. We'll maybe we'll do that for that. Valentine's Day. Oh, that would be fun. Right. I like the that. not so love you Valentine's Day bonus episode or something. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, those who are listening, of course, if you like what you're listening to, please leave us a review or a rating on any of the platforms that allow you to leave ratings or you can yes. DM us. Always on, DM us. And um, um, yeah, we hope you love this conversation we had with Danielle as much as we did. Yeah, definitely great. So uh, one last thing, um, email. I always forget this. Sorry, <laughs> I'm trailing off now. We can. You can also email us at hello at unlikelytoapologize.com. I did it. I did it. I said it correctly, right. guys. <laughs> um, and if you have any topics that you would like for us to talk to or anybody that you think would be interesting to interview, we're, we're always open oh, yes. for suggestions. Um, as we're building this platform, I, I feel more people are coming to us. Oh, I would love for you to talk to this person. Oh, you should talk to this person. Yes. So feel free to send over suggestions. My sister, I think, gave us two the other day to use because we, yeah. Um, so definitely we do great interviews coming too oh we do we're so, so excited yeah. i don't want to so, say anything that's i don't want to spoil any <laughs> surprises but we've got some really good people coming up right 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 so again we really hope you enjoy this episode and as always we will talk to you next week yeah have a good day bye everyone hey danielle hey hey we're so happy to have you thanks for having me Are you excited to share your story with us? I am, and I am most unlikely to listen to it because I can't (laughs) stand the sound of my voice. So don't be offended. Yeah, you get used to it. I think after a few times of recording, I've come to terms with the nasal. This is what I sound like. This is what it is. (laughs) I sound like a valley girl, so there's that.
I don't even know what I sound like. It's, <laughs> well, you'll hear it's it like, when we play it back. Okay. All right, let's, let's dive into this. So uh, as you know, all week we've been, just to let everybody know, this is my little sister. Well, not so little. She's, she's what, 14 months younger than me. So we've mm-hmm. grown up with each other very, at times not liking each other very much, but also now the best of friends. And um, I thought it would be very good for you, along with some of our listeners, to share your story of what you've been through, where you've come from, where you are now, and things that helped you kind of heal through your divorce process. Mm -hmm. So many people might or may not know, my sister was married and recently just got divorced and found herself- A year. Wow, it's been a a whole year. Actually, this Mm -hmm. weekend, right? Because you and Ev were in Austin and you got the papers when you got home. So yeah, it's been a year. Wow. And I just kind of wanted you to share your journey, journey of how you went on this path of healing and um things that helped you so let's dive in yeah tell us well first tell us who you are like a little bit about you well i'm a 35 year old gemini from connecticut i am a dog groomer going on 17 years i'm a dog mom to an angry pomeranian i work (laughs) i love yoga traveling trying new coffee a bitter class of a bitter glass of Pinot Grigio, and I identify as a thirsty houseplant. A thirsty houseplant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you thirsty for? Everything. Anything and everything that is going to push me forward to thrive. I love that. That's great. That's actually mm. really good. That really good. Mm. You just redefine the word thirsty for everybody. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So what do you, what have you been, what do you, what have you been doing? Let's start there. Kind of. So my divorce started, so my divorce was very, fairly easy. It went by, you know, it, I'm not saying it went by, but the steps to get the divorce, it was pretty smooth or whatever. But the events leading up to my divorce were probably, some people would probably say really traumatic. Like, I can't believe that you moved on with your life. Like, one person actually said to me one time, how do you get out of bed every day? So backstory, you know, I met this man, we were in love. Like it was beautiful. We had this beautiful relationship and, you know, we got married after two years of knowing each other. And shortly after we got married, like the problem started. And I think a part of it was because I was so in love with this man. I loved him more than I loved myself. And he took advantage of that. And I essentially found myself in this caregiver role when I wanted a partner. So that so would you, often... Oops, sorry. Go, Didn't mean to off. I just wanted to ask you a question. When it comes to relationships and, and marriage, do you feel... I feel that's a common thing, right? Like becoming that caregiving role and kind of pushing I think there's a fine line though between being like having that caregiver role and loving him more than you love yourself right because I've been there like I when I was 19 I had a boyfriend that we were together for years and I loved him more than I loved myself and it was a very toxic relationship Mm -hmm. Um, and I vowed that I would never do that again and I have Mm -hmm. been very aware of that in any relationship I've had since then. Right. So I can relate to that. Like that. Do you, do you feel also too, like it was kind of, you're kind of blind in that situation, right? We don't see it as you're going through it. No, you absolutely don't see it. It's just all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like 
like I said, I love this man more than I love myself. So I wanted to do this for him. I want to do that for him. And ascent, I spoiled him. I, you know, wanted to make him happy. And at some point, like after our, we got married, I, I started to notice things that like, okay, I signed up for a partner. Yes, I love you. And I want to do everything I can for you. But I was put into this caregiver role. And being put in this caregiver role, you know, things start lacking, like the affection, you know. Right. The and he was very affectionate in the beginning. I remember, like, even yeah. gifts. Like, she was, he would shower her with all these gifts, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, Christmas, these mm-hmm. very thoughtful and romantic type gifts. He, but he was always, always thoughtful, way more thoughtful than me. But mm-hmm. he just... He, it was um, surprising to me because he was that way for the events and how everything went. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was kind of like the last person I ever expected, right. you know, to have to go through what she went through um, because of that affection. And he was always wow. lovey-dovey with, he was, mm-hmm. like, PDA was on, yeah. on like full mm-hmm. on force when they were out. So mm-hmm. it was very surprising when all that. So how long were you married or how long into the marriage would you say that you started going, okay, something's not right. Something's, or did you, did you know something wasn't right before the divorce came and just, or was it? it, Yeah. Like, well, like kind of like blissfully blind or did you know that there was something? So I, so I was always, you know, independent. I bought a house by myself. I didn't have long relationships because if it, you know, it wasn't working, then there's no, you're not bringing anything to the table for me, then I'm not going to, you know, so I often found myself like alone. And then this person comes along and gives me everything that I want. And that's it. That's it for me. This is where I'm going. This is where my life's going. We're done. And then I had never lived with another man aside from my gay roommate and my dad. (laughs) So I wanted to be this, you know, this, you know, keep the house clean. Like, I don't know what right. I'm channeling. Right. My mother is basically I was what about I to say, we, we as a generation live with our mother's requirements, right? Always have How my team. mother showed dinner love. She table. always made oh, dinner on the table. Yeah. Yes. And so, we expect that kind of in return in the same sense, not understanding that somebody may have not have or learned that from right. their childhood. So yeah, I, I get that. I do that here. Anytime somebody yeah, comes I'm, over, Back in the house, right? Yes. And so he uh, he grew up with his mom doing everything. So, so for the dad, and expected the self caregiving role. You know, I I don't want to say that he was expecting it. I think that I was just doing it. You just and that was it. it. There was no there was there was no like, hey, can you no like I signed up for this. Like I want to be this loving wife to you. Blah 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 blah. And then it was maybe three months after we got married, the fight started happening because I was like, okay, like now you're my partner. I want a partner. This is what I signed up for. I don't want to be here. And, right. So that's when the fights would start. And I have to say like, I you know, was very reactive. I wasn't, I would let things bottle up and I would explode and he would shut down and he was oftentimes very mean. So did you, we would, did you ever feel like you would be mean back? Like, was it a kind of, yeah, you know what? I can't say that I would be mean. I would, I would cry or I would just leave for days Mm. instead of sitting there and trying to have a conversation. Like I reacted. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't respond. I reacted. See, I'm the same way. And I'm reactive. So <laughs> I know that probably had a lot to do with like, you know, the ultimate demise of our marriage, but it was definitely a key factor in all the fighting. So I remember one time, one of the biggest blowouts, I finally stood up to him and I said, you know what, A, B, C, and D. And he, and this is all in text because we can't talk to each other in person because who can talk to anybody in person when you're both angry and you don't know how to communicate. So sometimes it's best to write things down to get them all out. So it's seen. And so you don't miss a beat. Right. And he said to me, I'm proud of you for standing up to me. No matter what I do, you'll always be crazy about me. That was one of the last fights that we had that he said to me. And he's like, I forget that you have all these emotions and like telling me everything I want to hear. So he did, you know, he did try. There would be like, you know, we would be good for three months. It was, he always called it the cycle. Every four months we would do this every four months. So from there, COVID hit and I occupied a lot of my time with doing stuff for our house because I said, you know, when we do have kids, like we're not going to have time to fix this or fix that. Let's get it all done now because I was working six days a week. I literally was setting us up for everything. And he kept saying like to slow down in the house. And I just kept pushing, kept pushing. Like I was like, I'm doing, I knew what I was doing. And he just would often, and I know he like said something to his mom about it and like his sister that I'm always doing something. Well, cause he kind of wanted you to just slow down. Right. Yeah. Slow yeah. Take in, relax. Yeah. And what it is that you guys are, are but in this, but in the sense, like, you know, there was a shortage, shortage of affection. There was, if I didn't plan something, we didn't do anything. There was none of like, there, it wasn't reciprocated. So I almost looked at, this is my new project. This is my new baby that I'm going to, you know, focus my time energy on. Like you just don't even realize what's happening right. around you. You're just, you know, I made a vow, like we took vows, like this is going to be my life. I love this man. Like he loves me. So COVID hit, you know, things obviously got weird for everyone and things were okay. And then I noticed that he just was very short, um, just not really himself. And then this is where it, you know, explodes. So I'm not going to get into details because I just don't think it's important, but To make a long story short, I had my suspicions and it was later confirmed that he was having an emotional affair with one of my best friends. My gosh. So I found out through a good friend of mine. So before that, I had my suspicions. I was told I was crazy. This has, you know, nothing's going on. And I do believe everything happens for a reason. So that's when the work really started. Right. Really started. Oh. So why so, don't you break down kind of like how you got started with all of that? So to make a long story short, um, as soon as I found out about, you know, this, you know, emotional thing that they had going on is when I decided that, you know, I'm taking control and I'm going to divorce you. Not like, you know, it's not tip for tap by any mean, but I was the one you like, you know what? Cause I, you know, wanted to stick it out. I wanted to, you know, fight for our marriage and he just wasn't reciprocating that same feeling. And then I found out about the two of them. So I was like, you know what? Done. Like, this is what we're doing going forward. And I, you know, handled it from there on out. So So when you say 
handle this. So what, at what moment where you were like, okay, my first step to handling it is going to be this. What was that like? So yeah, what was the journey of getting to that point where you were like, okay, I found out about this emotional affair. He served me with divorce papers, but I'm, I'm going to kind of there was no he, divorce he papers. He didn't serve divorce papers, but he told her he wanted he wanted a divorce. So then, okay. So he was trying to figure out the mediation for us, and then oh, okay. you know two, we were living in the same house, barely speaking. Two weeks would go by, and I was just we were just coexisting, barely speaking. And I'm like waiting around for him to handle this because this is the the divorce that he wants, right? And then. It was the anger that fueled me to get on the horn to, you know, track down a mediator, to set up the appointments, to, you know, figure out what I needed to do from there. So I have to say, like, it was most, it was most definitely anger. The anger got to that point where like, all right, I need to get this done with, get it over Mm -hmm. with, let's stop dragging your feet. And then that kind of got you into this position. You're like, all right, that's kind of been handled. We've kind of figured this out. Now I want to start focusing on myself. Right. You know, with the anger, there was, you know, the stages of grief, like there was blood curdling, crying and screaming, like in my car where no one can see or hear me, like pulling over just to cry. Like, I remember one time, this is before, like you even know, Nick, like I left my house in the middle of night at 11 o'clock at night, just so I can drive around and cry and chain smoke and talk to somebody. So key thing, do you hear how she said before I knew? Because she kept it from me. Oh, that's right. For three months? So no, no, it was maybe like six weeks. So it was such an, so I had my suspicions and it was such an ugly accusation. If I was wrong, this was going to ruin the dynamic of my friendship between, you know, her and a bunch of like my sister included and all our friends. So there was a few people that I talked about it with that I knew that would, you know, keep it to themselves and keep it to me. And, you know, a part, a few of them were people that actually witnessed the events that were happening, like before, like, you know, it unraveled. So once, you know, the friend came forward to tell me that, you know, this was going on, I immediately called my sister and I was like, Hey, Nick, you know, so this is what's really going on. And at that moment, I think I, I gave, yeah, you, I called her and Haley and yeah. like outside. And we both said, when are we getting on the next one? <laughs> so, <laughs> we were coming. It's funny. It's funny because even when I tell people the story, like and when I was telling it and they're like, your sister didn't there, they would say to me, where was your sister in all of this? I was like, oh, she didn't know. I must've had 10 people did your sister know I was like no because they knew damn right they knew knew. but I do have to say as soon as I called my sister it was like I can only describe it as me being in the middle of a circle and a bunch of hands connecting around outside of the circle because at that moment I was protected I was I had all these people supporting me because now I gave it her job to inform some of our friends because we shared a lot of friends with this girl. So it was, I gave her permission, you know, to tell my story, to let them know what's going on because this was way out of left field. And I honestly have to say like in that moment is when I felt the most supported 
and the most, you know, comforted is just knowing that, you know what, my sister's got my back no matter what. So I'd kill for you. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. That's one of the reasons why I didn't tell you. So Kelly and I were coming to do it too. <laughs> so in that moment too, from, from a state, from an outsider looking in, I also found you realizing that you had that support group is kind of what gave you the strength to go. I can do this. I can, I can go through the motions and I can get done what I need to get done. And I can focus on myself because now I have a support group of people that are just going to handle the other things around me. Right. So you kind of were able to focus on yourself a little bit more. So the amount of support I had was overwhelming. Like there were people checking on me daily, sometimes hourly. Like I would there, I had this group text of like, I think there was like 14 or 15 people in and that I would update them like, Hey, going for my first um, consultation for a mediator today. And one of my friends said to me, he said, do you see how many people you have in that group text that are are waiting to be there for you? Like, that is insane. Like you have all these people on your side, like you have such a wonderful support system. And I do believe that was a part of the reason why I was able to move forward and how I move forward. Right. I think it's good to like having that group of friends in any situation, just it allows for you to know that you have this blanket around you and that you mm-hmm. can. That's exactly what. Yeah, like, it was like, there's something was about, a, yeah, about not being alone right. during like one of the most traumatic, difficult mm-hmm. times of your life. Something that could be so isolating too, because there's kind yeah. of almost a, a few things that she would say to me throughout this is, is almost like an embarrassment or shame type of feeling you would have. But knowing that people weren't judging you or you didn't feel judged or you had these people around you that just wanted to love you and keep you safe like that Mm -hmm. was a huge I think um epiphany for you like this Mm -hmm. isn't something that's what you know it was definitely overwhelming and it's like it oh it was powerful it was empowering like it was like I said it helped push me forward so was there a pivotal moment where you you know you had said that you were just driving and you would pull over and cry was there like a pivotal moment or something happened or a thought you had that kind of propelled you forward through that phase so at this at this point I knew no one was going to clean this up but me I had to no one's going to save you no one like I needed to take care of this like before I met my husband I was very independent I had my own house like I had a I still have my career, but like, I was very established. I was, I already was that person. And now I had to be this person independently and not with a partner. So you had to find her again. You had to find yourself in certain, certain certain moments of your life. You lose yourself and having to kind of like rediscover who you are. Yeah. I feel like where you, this kind of led you to, right. Right. And you're not yes. only discovering, but you're also trying to grow. Like you want to be better than you were. Yeah. Well, you don't want to rediscover and come out the same, right? right. You want to kind of rediscover and evolve, evolve, yeah, evolve and be better. Evolve. Right? Yeah. What would you say was the first step where you're like, okay, I'm ready to find her. Let's go do this. Was it therapy? Was it books? Was it yoga? I remember you talking about yoga a lot. You were very much. So I kind of dived deep real quick. I started up with a therapist. I was seeing her every 10 days. Mm-hmm. And then I started going to yoga. Um, 
I started, I read my, I went, I went to work one day and my girlfriend was like, here, read this. And she shoved eat, pray, love in my face. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. Is that the one where she goes to Italy? Elizabeth Gilbert? She goes to yeah. Italy. Oh, I literally just finished. Oh I gosh. can't remember. There are two it's places. Involved, though, isn't it? Where yes. Indonesia. So she eats her way through Italy. Hmm. She prays her way through. Oh my gosh. I don't remember. I it's so never, good though. I've never seen it. Oh, it's good. Right. It's Julia Roberts that plays. Yeah. But the love. book, it's really, I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd watch okay. it again. Well, I'll have to add that to the list. So um, you, you. Oh, and then, I'm sorry. My dog likes to, she's senile. <laughs> she doesn't know she's here. She's got a Pomeranian like Taz. Her name's Aww. Foxy. She's just starting, starting she's to get starting to get where Taz is. Oh gosh. So she's yeah. So one of my clients is actually a life coach. And she has one of her courses is um the art of new beginnings. And it teaches you transition. It could literally be about transitioning to a new job, transitioning from like being a mother. So I actually started her course. And she said to me that it was too soon and that, you know, you're going through all these emotions. So I, against her better judgment, I started the course anyways, because at this point I was still very raw. You know, I was, I mean, you were still, you were still hurt and in kind of that anger stage, right. Of, of grief. Cause grief has so many stages. I can't, but I feel like the anger one is the one that lasts. I feel like the longest. Yeah, I think it's the hardest one to actually do because it's the it's the first one, right? Yeah, Where like you're like in this state of shock over what happened, trying to process this information, mm-hmm. and then as you're trying to process it, right, you just get angry all over again, right? So it's continuous emotions, those same emotions. They they come at different times. They come sometimes. They still show up. I was going to so ask you if you're still. They feeling- still show up. Oh yeah. Do you think it, is it still the anger or is it like different parts of grief that come up? Um, you know what? I don't really know. It's just some days, like it all depends on how I'm feeling about myself. Right. So yeah. if I'm completely fulfilled at that moment in time, I'm not thinking about anything like that. So well, I think, I feel like the betrayal though of a husband and a friend is something that would stick with me for a long time. I mean, yeah. If you don't do any work, it will. Mm, okay. Enlighten so, us. yeah. <laughs> tell us about all the work. <laughs> yeah. So you started with reading Eat, Pray, Love. You took this life coaching course, mm-hmm. Art of New Beginnings. Yep. Um, I was seeing this one therapist and I have this huge belief that, you know, the universe just hands you whatever you need at that moment in time. So my therapist at the moment, you know, she couldn't, she could no longer see me. She was having medical issues. So from there, I actually started seeing this other therapist who I actually know personally, and she's actually a good friend. And I just felt more comfortable going to her instead of having to tell my story all over again. Because I did not want to relive, relive that with somebody else all over again. And I'm so glad it happened the way it did because my original therapist would be, she just listened a lot. Like, and she would, you know, give like little like things here and there. And my therapist now, like she would be a hundred percent, like 
we would dive way deeper into things like more, you know, into detail, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Whereas the other one would just, you know, Oh, you know, like I, it was something, it was definitely something. But when I started seeing this new therapist, like it definitely opened my eyes. So So do you feel like working with the new therapist opened your eyes into behaviors that you had yourself and not so much of what was necessarily going on in the marriage, but just the way self-reflection and making you look inwards to see the things that you may have ignored that could have been bad habits or good habits or like, what were those deep dives like? So one of the, the, one of the things that she recommended me was to read the four agreements. So I did. And what are the four agreements? So I can't tell you off the top of my head, but the most important ones were not to think, not to take things personally. So for instance, like, you know, you're outside and this woman just walks up to you and says, you look ugly today. Like a true fulfilled person would have no business saying that to you if she wasn't dealing with something of her own. Like there's no reason for a person to say that. So that's That's a good, yeah. When she said like, okay, so this happened to you, you know, it wasn't personal. I'm like, how the hell do you not take this person? Like, I'm like thinking I'm not enough. Like, what does she have that I don't have? Like, I'm like literally destroying myself comparing myself to this woman like what is it that she had that I didn't have like I did everything for this man I feel like that's a valid it's a valid yeah it's It's a valid feeling too yeah Yeah. and it came down to when I finally got the answers it was it had nothing to do with me nothing right you know I you know I you know I made my mistakes but I learned what unconditional love was like I loved this man unconditionally and then I learned that he did not love me unconditionally this man, you know, struggled with loving himself. Right. And myself loved him more than I loved myself. Right. So is that like, she, what's that saying? Like you can't truly love somebody until you, you love yourself. You Correct. Love you, and you can't make anybody else happy or be happy in a relationship or unless you're happy on your own. Yeah. Like you Correct. need to be able to. So, yeah. So yourself. that wasn't even about you then as far as like what he was doing. It was about him being unhappy and him not feeling. Right. So it it literally had nothing to do with me, literally. So it wasn't until like, she's like, when she started to say those things, like she's, and she's very poetic with it. Like she is, she speaks so fluently and like crisp and like, you literally listen to her and you're like, like you're in this (laughs) trance because she's just so confident when she talks about like, and it's like, how do you not believe her? Like, I wish like you were telling me this on the sidelines like years ago. And it just made so much sense. And like, I started to believe it. And then I started to practice that. So she said, not only do you need to read this, but you need to practice this every single day. So, you know, that was a big, that was a huge part in this too, like just in general, not taking things personally. It's not about you. It's about what they're struggling with that's affecting their life. That's is just pouring out to you right now. Right. Right. So it's kind of like that, what is, what do they say? Like you always take it out on the people you love. Like when you're, yeah, in no, whenever I'm having a bad day, my husband always tells me like it's, and he started saying to me, like, I know this isn't about me. This is about you. You're having a bad day. I'm just the closest proximity person to you. Right. The punching bag sometimes. So to speak, mm-hmm. you're just there. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not that it's 
And it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. In most cases, I think some people do just go, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it because I love them. But yeah, you're right. It's, it's not, not okay. It's not okay. And she also like helped me realize the kind of person that I am and the kind of person that he was. And from there, like, you know, lightness can't live in darkness. Darkness can't live in lightness. So we may have really loved each other, but we just couldn't live in each other's worlds because I was one way and he was another. And going back to not taking things personal and it just, she was a very big part of my, you know, healing process. Yeah. What else did you do? Um, Looking back at it, if you were to see yourself now while you were going through that, is there anything that you would have told yourself? Like, yeah, what would you, I guess that's a good, what would you say to yourself, like you today, looking back to you a year ago, is there any advice or like anything that you would say to yourself to kind of help you? So I kept hearing this from the life coach and my therapist, and they would both say to me, you need to slow down and enjoy the journey. I was so focused on filling that bank of healing, like get me to the end, get me to the end that I would force, like force these feelings upon myself. Like, Oh, you know, you're good. You're doing this. And then these things would just bubble up. And I had to really sit with some of these things, even though I didn't want to, I didn't have a choice because they would just bubble up. But those are the two things that I kept, the two of them kept saying to me, and it didn't make sense at the time, but it makes sense now. Right. So. Right. Because you're in this, this healing process where you just want to rush through. Yeah. Get me to the finish line. I'm doing the work. I'm constantly doing the work. Like this is the only thing I can control right now. I can't control what's going on over there, but I can control you know, what I'm doing for myself. And I just kept trying to rush it and rush it. And because of that, like, you know, I would have gotten more out of things if I had just slowed down and just really taken everything in and just gone from there. Mm-hmm. So then I guess kind of tacking on to that, is there something that you wish you hadn't done or a, a response to something that you wish you, you had, you kind of had like, done differently handled better yeah is there a situation maybe you would have handled or do you think looking back now you're like you know what I handled this the best that I could given what I had at the time and I wouldn't change anything I will tell you today I am so proud of this woman that is speaking to the two of you right now like I can't say that more confident than the way than just now like I I look back at it and I'm just you know what, even going through what I went through, I am so happy to have this mindset today. I wish I had this mindset 10 years ago. I wish, but I, I think, I think we all can kind of relate to that in a sense too. Like I look back, Facebook memories are like, oh, oh, like, like I'm I not a person. No, no. some of my statuses and I'm like, who were you? <laughs> Why? It's Thank you so cringy. I think it's always like in, in a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've dealt with and looking back to situations and how I've handled and the reactiveness, I think for you and I both is something that's yes. very close to us. Like that's kind of coming from an Italian family. Like you just, you just react and having this ability to slow down and just be like, okay, 
you know, I don't have control over the situation. I need to focus on how I want the situation to be rather than have consequences to deal with later. See, and I'm reactive. I'm very, very reactive. And that is one thing that I want to work on. And one thing, especially like in my marriage, it's um, hard. And even as a mom, like I definitely have moments where I'm like, yeah, you should meditate. meditate. So we talked about meditating. We just talked about it. Well, you just went to that pop-up, the awesome pop-up yeah, retreat, and you meditated event. there, yeah. and you said that was something that you wanted to I want to start doing. And that. I haven't meditated. Meditation was huge for me in this process, too. We were talking about it last week because yeah. I can't get my mind to slow down when I do it. I'm thinking of everything I need to do. So I want to get to a point where I can just slow down and actually feel what it is. I did today, considering what it was last week, I was able to have my breath slow today oh. instead of that labored quick breath when I'm laying down. You do guided meditation? I did two different types of meditation last week. I think they were both considered guided. Yeah. So one of the things that helped me too, like there was a time period where like the anger bubbled up. It was actually fairly recent. And I went to my therapist and after being angry for like maybe two, three days, and I sit down on our couch and I start ugly crying, like, why am I so angry? <laughs> and because I was mad at myself for being angry, like, why? I did all this work. I'm right. here to harvest all my goods. Why am I still angry? And instead of being angry with myself, you need to listen to yourself. Okay, you're feeling this emotion. Meditate on it. You're feeling a certain way towards this. Meditate on it. And you know what? I fucking meditated. And you know what? (laughs) That anger went away. And from there, so I I actually started diving more into like meditation about um, your intuition, your higher self, and, you know, getting in tune with like what the universe is handing you and, you know, stuff like that. Because if you look at certain situations, you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Why is my life like this? What the fuck did I do? Like, no, this is happening for a reason enjoy the ride, sit back, make yourself some tea and meditate because what's going to happen is going to happen. And you can only control yourself. You said something before we started recording. Um, Oh my gosh. I just lost my train of thought, but you said something about, Oh, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yes. So I love that you, you can say that. So there's two things that I kept hearing and I must've heard it like from certain, certain people that I like viewed as like them having all this knowledge. And the, the, one of the two things they would say to me was, this is not happening to you. It's happening for you. I love and that. the, and the other was, um, be kind to yourself. I was like, why does everybody keep saying be kind to yourself? Because, you know, you go through these emotions, like, am I enough? Am I this? Am I that? What didn't I have? Like, why are you beating yourself up? You're taking the blame for something that has nothing to do with you. Right. right. And your self-reflection is also what you put out. Right. So you're right. not kind to yourself, but you're not giving yourself the credit. Other people are going to see that and see how vulnerable you mm-hmm. can be and, and take almost advantage take of advantage of it because they know that you are that type of person. Right. I think that's a very good, be kind to yourself. It's a, a, a nice way to remind yourself that what I do to myself is what other people are going to do. You want to attract what builds you up and what, you know, 
becomes more of a partnership in all of your relationships. Whereas if you're just becoming a punching bag to yourself, other people will see that and they'll join in. Right. Well, and you won't be welcome to receiving positive mm-hmm. because right. you don't value you're yourself. Negative. Yeah. So there was another book that I read in it. My girlfriend gave it to me the day that I moved out of my house. And it it's um it's called Didn't See That Coming. And it's about a woman that like struggled with um, fertility, you know, was married, is married. And then she had a couple books out before and she's like really funny. So she had this one book where she's going through this divorce, true story actually. And, um, she doesn't like tell you the details of why she's going through a divorce, but just like how heartbroken she is. And one of the things that like resonated, resonated with me was the fact that she said, like, no matter what, you're the one that has to show up for yourself. No one else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I remember reading this, I think I was on my way to, to see you, Nick, and just crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? Maybe it's the two free glasses of wine that I had, but it made so much sense. Like if you don't show up for yourself, no one's going to do the work for you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. My dog is barking. That's okay. We, we handle, we, we deal with dogs. We all have the time. dogs barking. We were recording at my house a couple of weeks ago and the lawn guys came and we had to <laughs> we're used to abort that mission and go into the closet. <laughs> yeah. I did hear that one. I did hear that one. <laughs> I pictures of Nikki all up in the same clothes. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Danielle, um, we're going to get ready to wind down, but I have to say, I'm so very proud of you. I am too. It's, it's amazing to see you grow up this past like year. I'll say glow up. We'll, we'll call it a glow. So before it's, we let you go, though, I do have one question for you. Okay. What is one thing you used to apologize for in the past, but you are unlikely to apologize for now? I will not apologize for removing people or things that no longer serve me. So great. So great. How do you feel? Um, I'm probably not going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But for those who are listening, um, please leave us a review. Yeah. DM us and let us know your thoughts. If you found something that helped you, or if you are going through a difficult time, if, if you've got any advice for anybody right. that we can share, yeah. uh, email us at hello at unlikely to apologize.com because I constantly get that one wrong or you can dm us at unlikely to apologize podcast on insta or you can dm us on our personal dm or on instagram on our personal instagrams because we're constantly on On instagram Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) all right well danielle thank you so much for taking the time talking with us Um, thanks for having me we will so um all right we will talk to you guys next week